You're about to listen to the Wissam Sharif podcast. This effort is made possible by our monthly supporters on Patreon. Please visit patreon.com slash Wissam Sharif to become a monthly patron and help us to make more projects like this. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Wissam Sharif podcast. My name as always is Brother Jawad Khan here with Imam Wissam Sharif. Assalamu alaikum Wissam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing and how are all our listeners out there doing? Alhamdulillah, I am well and I hope everybody out there is doing well too, uh, inshallah. So uh, today we are going to be taking a little bit of a break from this kind of mini series that we set up of our 12 courses. I think we might take one or two episodes right now because uh, something happened, guys. Just it's, nope. it's something something happened. It's Something big happened. It was, it was a big uh, alhamdulillah. Something um, was unleashed. Something was, was unleashed. Something was definitely unleashed. Uh, it was a big experience that happened for Wissam. Uh, that has been, you know, a long time in the making, but I think uh, kind of unexpectedly came up and was able to come through. And I think we want to take some time to actually acknowledge it, talk about it and talk through it. But uh, I think we'll, we'll, I'll have Wissam kind of do the the more, I'm, I've been pretty dramatic, but I'll have him do the more dramatic reveal of what it is. But uh, before we go to that, uh, the Wissam Sharif podcast has been a weekly look into and behind the unique work of Imam Wissam Sharif and his pursuit of teaching the world to live a Quranic lifestyle, starting from reading, reciting, and memorizing Quran, and going beyond to mental mastery, perfecting physique, and living abundantly connected to Allah at all times. Um, and inshallah, this week we are going to unleash something. Uh, Wissam, would you like to reveal what we're talking about this week? Absolutely. And for all our listeners, a uh, the quick backdrop. Uh, as you've been going on this journey and you've listened to the first 10, 15 episodes of hearing the backstory, if you were to summarize 15 years before that, there were a lot of limiting beliefs in your in 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 myself. In, in what you think I am, they, I was full of limiting beliefs. Mm. Uh, for, so for 10 years, a lot of those limiting beliefs were associated with the color of my skin, um, the way I looked, um, uh, the way I saw myself, and more importantly, uh, naturally, how then people saw me. So what I like to introduce as 10 years in the making, uh, this weekend, I wanting to have to attend and have experiences as like this for the last 10 years, but not feeling good enough, not being good enough to go to the personal development seminar uh, was a, a very interesting limiting belief to happen have. So now just imagine the buildup is, uh, uh, my other limiting belief is I can't hug everyone and I can't, uh, I can't dance and, and I don't, well, I choose not to, not I can't, just want to put that out there. I choose not to, and, and I'm putting, I, I choose not to hug. And these are things that are not in my comfort zone. Like right now, presently, if it wasn't a religious thing, I don't want to go around hugging people. It just, it wouldn't be my, my normal MO. So getting out of that comfort zone and still trying to balance my religious, um, Conviction. We're not. We're going to use the word belief powerfully in a moment. My religious conviction. Uh, I wanted to be able to attend the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within program, which has been going on for uh, several decades now, yep. and has changed people's lives. Uh, uh, as of recent, after Ramadan, after COVID, when Ramadan coincided right around then, 
uh, Tony Robbins in August did the first virtual UPW Unleash the Power Within program to rave reviews with 30,000 people around the world. Um, the CEO of Zoom was there because they essentially had, um, I think the max is 300 people per call. So they essentially had a thousand Zoom calls going. Mm. It, it was it was phenomenal. They built yeah. They built a $9 million studio. I'm sure a lot of you might have uh, heard about this already. Um, and so what happened to me was a four-day experience. Uh, it starts at approximately 8 a.m., 8.30. Uh, that's for me, central time. So say 9.30 Eastern. And we went, Jawad, I thought we would break at some point. I even said, they have to eat. Someone will soothe, <laughs> like someone will, someone will say something, but... The first day we did 14 and a half hours and there was a half an hour dinner break in the evening. Wow. It was just, yeah. So it was, there, there was a, a question of, do you have the power? And here's my thing, Joanne, and I'll, I'll cut right to the chase. Yes, I do. I have Hudge. There is a button in my head, alhamdulillah, called Hudge. And if you press that button, I go 20 hours. And like anyone on our team will say, on our Hudge group, they'll say, yep. Okay, that happens. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do because you have to go back and forth on the buses to get several people, or you might, um, it, you know, a day might bleed into the next. But you never get access to that kind of energy or that motivation. You okay. never get that. And the word motivation, uh, everything comes out from the seminar. But the difference between the motivation we're all looking for, which is let's it pushes you, yeah. it pushes you to do something. You're looking for the motivation as to uh, the why or something that would pull you, something that will pull you towards what you would want to do. So absolutely uh, life changing experience. Four days equaling about 57 hours. Um, I, I did for a little bit. I thought I, they can't go. They can't go full out every day. But they went out full out every day, full tilt, and they really show you a different realm of life that you can uh, live in. And so we'll we'll get to we'll yeah. get to the content momentarily. But it, it's so beyond. And and I am a person who I believe well studied and well traveled, and nothing has made an influence on me. Hudge has made a great influence on me. But the program itself is beyond a, it was very good. It was transformative. It's, it's beyond that. It's sit down. We should talk about this mm -hmm. because something just happened in my life. And however I slice it, life can't be the same again. Life will mm -hmm. not be, nor will I be able to present to you again the same way, nor will, uh, nor will courses even be organized or presented in the same uh, methodology because there is, there's a way to do it without suffering. There's a way to do it so that we build each other up and hence mm -hmm. unleashing the power within. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and on that, I'll take the, the pause to uh, just contextualize for people who may like have known, known about it somewhat, but don't necessarily know. So Tony Robbins, someone you've probably heard of, we've mentioned him on the podcast, one of the most uh, famous and far-reaching kind of personal coaches and, uh, you know, success coach, uh, I guess is the way he's... He pioneered well. the, the phrase coaching 43 yeah, he's, years he's ago. Kind of the, he pioneered yeah, it. Yeah. One of the fathers of, of the modern coaching industry. 
Um, and kind of the whole personal development realm is a lot of it he has uh, codified and then really brought a lot, um, you know, a lot to a lot of different people. Uh, this is the program where you may hear that people like walk on fire, which I think is like mm-hmm. the cliche that people hear about. Uh, this is that kind of, this is that program. The, the, one of his premier programs, the kind of weekend three, four day one uh, that people generally get to do. It's not the one you saw on Netflix. If you saw his, his stuff on Netflix, that's, that's yeah, that's one. date with destiny. Yeah. So this is the one that a lot of people have been able to do. And he uh, travels around the world and does it in different cities. You might see videos of it where people are kind of like in a concert stadium almost. And they're like jumping up and down and dancing. And they're like saying words of affirmation so loud and all this stuff. And so this is what Wissam is kind of talking about of like, we've, we've kind of from a distance always looked at those programs and thought like, really, really think we would benefit from the personal development aspects. Really think that we don't know if they would respect our religious boundaries because part of the point of these kind of programs is sometimes yes. to push your boundaries but now Allah subhanahu wa has decreed right how far? virtual had to happen and, and I was oh. looking at it today subhanAllah the I saw what you were saying the studio I didn't know they made the studio for it but it's a screen that's like huge where he can see like the 10,000 people on each screen almost 40 like, like, 40 foot screens of yeah. 40 foot three uh almost 360 degrees there's just a small little slither like of a door it's 40 foot ceilings but Joad, they can see 3,500 people at a time it, it um, looks and I, like a sci-fi movie it looks like the, oh, the truman so, show or whatever it is like, um the matrix the the yeah. third matrix where the, he goes yeah, where he goes meet. in the place yeah the guy yeah, yeah. it's just screens little 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 screens and uh people's screens get pulled up but absolutely they have built uh, and that that uh environment though jawad it plays in it, it is a big part of the special effects their mm-hmm. audio team the special effects the lighting and then the screens themselves yeah. because they're definitely not just they're not individual screens because they're they're pulling different people's uh pictures and then on top of that there's emojis on top of that there's like sound effects uh light mm-hmm. effects so it, it really it, it is something uh, that they've they've it's, put together. But it's if for I sure if with I this can... with this team, I'm sure it's the it's the height of what a virtual retreat or whatever this type of experience is right now in the world of like people adapting to this. This is the team I think that would invest the most money and have the best in the world at this uh, experience for a virtual thing. So yes, you can I sit know. at home and do everything you need to do. <laughs> Just that's kind of the point of why Wassam was really able to do this this amazing program. Inshallah. So two two things I want to add to that though on that disclaimer this is the most haram thing I've ever done so and I I, I, I hope yes I wasn't I sure if you give us that sound clip <laughs> yeah I wanted I wanted them to hear to hear that though because um, as far as I've never been to a concert I've never been to a club I've never been in an environment where there would be so much um, it wasn't just the music but simultaneously allow me to say and. I did it in front of God. Like I was aware of God here. I'll put it this way. And I would do it again. So mm. I guess that that's the caveat. So it's, it's probably the most taboo forbidden thing. Mm. Um, and, and once we get into the content, you can understand then, Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. In terms of the, the comfort level of things you, you yes. would be doing that would be almost completely, you, you, you wouldn't do them in person. But no. doing them here in terms of them saying like, okay, jump up and we're going to do this dance move. We're going to exercise right now. Yeah. We're going to, you know, look to the left and right. We're going to do these, these certain things that we're you're going to shimmy right and shimmy. They're just yeah, the like specific things. Yeah. And, but doing I mean, it from the comfort of your home. So the most haram thing with the caveat of within the bounds that you, that you were able to stick with it. And then I have to go even fur- further caveat on that is, and I had a, uh, an Uber VIP experience where I didn't do it at home, home. 
I did it at my office in a soundproof room with multiple camera angles and a bunch of like uh, 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 all the room and there's no one in the entire building. So you you were like teaching your own course. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Like I was, I was, I'm sitting where I was right now, soundproof room, multiple cameras, a standing shot. uh, 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 I had even the zoom guy when they did my, they do a test for everyone who goes in. He's like, you have a great setup. I was like, Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) And uh, my, I have hip issues uh, from the wheelchair days. So staying sitting for anyone is for 15 hours is a lot. So I've got like little benches and stuff. Bro, I was set. I had four bags of beef jerky and uh, and some water. Uh, meanwhile, at the end, they, they made us give up meat for 10 days. And I was like, okay, uh. <laughs> I'm glad I ate the beef jerky at the beginning. I ate the jerk, I ate the jerk at the beginning. And I, I think um, I had, so that's why when people... Uh, they hear a part two and we are talking about the content and how it was so amazing and transformative. And I was crying. And the only other analogy that I have of the experiences of day one and day three is the day of Arafah is the most um, elated day of the Hajj pilgrimage is the only other analogy or only other parallel to day one and day three, which, which I, again, that's really powerful. That's a really powerful thing to say. So those are my two caveats that, yes, uh, for those of you who don't know the program and then look it up and say, oh, oh my God, there, there's dancers and, and you're not going to call them cheerleaders. There are your, your, um, your coaches who, who yeah. want you to get up and just move your body, keep your body moving. Um, if you think affirmations and saying them passionately is one thing, imagine, you know, saying your affirmations into your movements and, and, and like, yeah, like to move tribally, to move uh, like water, fire, earth. Uh, and it makes so much sense when you're there. Kinergy, it's called Kinergy is their uh, energy and movement component. And these were times you, in which you're, you're it, it's, it's to keep that blood flowing and then also to be part of the exercises wherein, uh, I guess a, a real pre- piece of the content that I've I've always gotten from Tony Robbins was this idea that emotion comes from motion. And that so is it. Right your there. physicality, how you're sitting, how you're standing, how you're moving, you can change your state. You can change your emotional state at this moment by changing how you move. Just like stand up, by get up. And we know this is from our sunnah as well. The Prophet says if you're angry and you're yep. standing up, make sure you sit down. If you're sitting, try to lie down. That your your physicality has an effect. And so they take this and they turn up the volume on it and saying like, okay, guys, we're going to change ourselves completely mentally by going through the physical aspects of ourselves. Jump up, do all these things, you know, and, right. and, and tie them together. Physiology, they keep referring to emotion is energy in motion and mm-hmm. uh, getting your body in some type of movement um, uh, and you're changing your physiology changes your state. And as soon as you change your state, you can take control of your emotions. And so for anyone out there who's who's wondering, like, w- w- what is this? And I think it goes back to the idea that we didn't choose the beliefs that we have, whether it is that there is a God. So for a moment, acknowledge that there is a God. Now you, you choose to believe that there's a God and put a wire into that. You make a personal connection, not because somebody else told you. Now, how did that God communicate with you? 
Okay, uh, well, from what I've seen, there's a Quran, there are these books, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So there are prophets. Okay, you make that connection. And I really believe, Jawad, from the Muslim community perspective, people don't ch choose their beliefs. Mm. They're told their beliefs. Sure. Then when a motivational coach or the best in the business comes and says, uh, what are your beliefs? We default Allah, Quran, Islam. We default to those things which we didn't choose. And so I would say right now, um, take that power back, listeners. Take the power back that you choose what you believe. And, and, and if you, there's, right? a, there's a difference there, I think, in the verb versus the noun of we, when I tell you, what are your beliefs? We believe in Allah. We believe in the angels. We believe. What are the list of beliefs when I say it? But what do you actually believe? Meaning, uh, what do you really think about this world? What the nature of it is? What 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 is true about the world? And what's true about yourself? And what's true about family? And what's true about anybody? What do you practically believe in a way that's validated not by what you say on your tongue, but in the way that you make decisions and actually act in your life? Like, do you actually make decisions? About, yeah. What, like, what, what, what are you what certain of? Yeah. What's actually certain for you? And that, and you have to you have to separate that sometimes because. You want it to be together. You want, what do I believe to be the beliefs of Islam? But the truth is that they, as a human being, if you're going to be conscious about this, there's a list of beliefs you learned in Sunday school or whatever it is when you learned Islam. And yes. there's a list of what life has taught you, what, what, the way you interpreted all the events of your life and what it's taught you about the way you act. And, 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 and what life has taught you, Jawad, just to insert, is values. We yep, don't yep. know our own value. We think our values are trust. No, if you didn't get picked up when you cried and then you bonked yourself on your head and enough time, and then someone came and picked you up enough times, bonk on the head, someone comes and picks me up. You, the, you associate uh, love with pain. I have to be in pain for someone Before to love somebody. me. Yeah. And, and right. it gets to this elemental nature of it because it's not as simple as if I'm a good Muslim, God loves me. No. It's I have to conform to what like in, in it starts in childhood. I have to conform to what other people like and not assert what I like before people like me. Then that translates into you as an adult in your job, in your marriage, in your with your like whatever it is in your life. And it's all sourced in this thing that you haven't really thought too much about. And that's what these kinds of weekends are meant for. Think about what's actually kind of already been preset in your programming that you didn't even like program yourself. You didn't consciously do it. And it's different than what you say, you know, the, and it's the not serving and all that stuff is different. Right. And it's not you. You could have picked up a belief from a teacher or from a priest or a father, an imam, a parent, but they're not serving you. It, it's holding you back. And, and, and so to me, um, I think there is excellence that we won't strive for because, well, I'm Muslim. Right. I can't get that far. And so there was a little quote, um, uh, we, people are rewarded in public for what they master in private. Mm. People are rewarded in public for what they are, what they master in private. And, and I know that's very motivating. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone who, uh, who gets a, an award or the MVP or the, uh, or gets a Grammy, has mastered in their private time hours and hours and hours of mm. practice. 
Uh, that's a surface level, shovel. like, you know, you have to work really hard in order. You're not going to go and win a race and get a trophy. You're going to have practiced, then come to the race. And that's going to be the easiest part. But uh, the deeper part is if you want to go like much further, uh, master yourself in private before, right? Mm. Who, what's the one thing that you could, and what is yourself is your state. And so that that's the one thing that, that if, if all of our listeners could say, well, what's so different? What, what, what happened to Wissam that was so life-changing that it wasn't, it, it's going to affect knowledge travels. And it, it's the idea that now I chose the beliefs that I have. And I live on the beliefs that, yeah, I will meet a creator. And because of that, it gives me a superpower. Like I can choose to see that as something that makes me super scared and overwhelmed. But to me, Tony, and they do an exercise, unleashed something that I would openly like to say, I want to help others unleash. I would like to help. So if you're listening to this now and you're thinking, oh, man, I, I don't know if I can take a program. I, I definitely encourage you to seek it out from the best. But if you want mm -hmm. the super safe version, the Shahada version. Um, I would like to, uh, even before we get into the content, I would like to be that guide. I would like to unleash uh, uh, everybody's power. And then once we get on the other side of this conversation, the best part, Jawad, to me of the program was the reassurance that it wasn't external. It wasn't some dua, some zamzam, someone was going to blow something on my head. If I got lucky, my dua would be answered but the ability to end suffering. So that, that again, that was a big discussion on our day one is making a conscious effort not to suffer anymore. Mm. And, and even end suffering. When you say that, I think of the mission of people like yourself and, and those who take up this mission to like end others suffering. But even what you're saying is end suffering by choosing not to suffer in the yeah. way I exist, because that's also like, and others suffering by suffering myself is that unsustainable <laughs> burnout yes. that we have. But it's like, no, no, the way you end suffering, the way you get someone else to Jannah is by first, like, like save yourself, then work on others. And the way that you do that is that you are, you're focusing on yourself, not in a, uh, 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 that's why even personal development, sometimes Muslims fall into this trap where it's like, is that selfish to focus on myself? But it's, you, if you want to be a vessel for others, should you not be the cleanest, purest, most beautiful, amazing, easy to like transfer light and water and whatever else vessel? Is that not the work that's going to be able to make you be the best that you can be? If the plane is going down or when you board the plane, the pilot says, if we hit turbulence, please put your mask on before assisting your children. And, and even within this, like, Muslims want to be, oh, this is going to sound real controversial. I was going to say, even if we're pilots, but, <laughs> but like, even like so many of us have feel that responsibility on our shoulders of so many people following us. It's like pilot can't fly nothing. If his mask isn't on, he can't right. be putting everybody else's mask on in the, in the cabin and the plane's going down. Like, and that's right. how sometimes we our our relationships or our households or our friendships or our health, physical, mental, whatever it is, we're willing to let them suffer to help, you know, some people behind or, or other aspects of our life. Or even our, need, need ourselves. Yeah. We, we, we'll try, we'll try to save everyone and save no one. 
and, and yeah. then the burnout happens. So again, from the external, and we brought this up at the beginning, here are several people who are presenting this four-day seminar who are on their 43rd time presenting it, and they're not burnt out. Mm-hmm. So do you that's, know it's a congruent signal? That's one of the proofs is you just said a 57-hour three-day, like the fact that you're doing 14 hours a day and you're not burnt out and the presenters are not burnt out. It's like, where is this energy coming from? It's not just physicality. It, there's something yes. deeper that they're tapping into to work with. Yes. And so I I, I want to share uh, specifically, I haven't taken a break yet. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, excuse me. It started on Thursday, the 19th. And then we went up till Sunday. Then Monday was a full day of work. No one waited and said, mm-hmm. hey, so. And I woke up thinking, shouldn't I take a break? And I, and I thought to myself, well, that's your decision. Do you, no, if I can go for 15 hours a day, I can go now. Let's go. And then you, it was all about physicality. So they did, we were trained to make movements, gestures that, that were specific to us. So if I snap my fingers and say, Hasbi Allahu la ilaha illahu, I know exactly where I'm back to that specific state, my emotional home. And I'm able to ground myself into my emotional home. And so there's a there's a lot for us to describe, but before we get to any content, the idea is all of this first 25 minutes, this is all a jungle that Muslims wouldn't be able to traverse. Even mm-hmm. they would have got lost in the few converse, the few questions that you and I uh, asked. But when I uh, when I if I were to say what would be fulfillment? What are your two favorite flavors of suffering? We're empty. Mm. We don't have, because they're deeper than these surface level answers there. And that's where I, I do want the Muslim community to wake up uh, and say, first, choose your beliefs. Understand you have uh, your own emotional home, you, right? You, you should be in control. And then why do we choose to suffer? Like, why are we choosing this? And, and, and so to me, there is a jungle that a Muslim would never be able to get past the, but I didn't pray. I'm going to hell that would never let them come to what would fulfillment feel like? What is success feel like? What is, what, what would it be like? And they repeated this from day one to four. What if, what, what would life be like if life were happening for you, not to you? Life is happening for me, not to me. I don't have to do anything. I get to do something. I mean, just those slight shifts yeah. in mental change, is it's very powerful. And so for the listener, everyone out there, I do ask you, why continue suffering? Why continue feeling pain and choosing to focus on those things that are negative? And why not begin to give thanks and start, be, start to focus your attention where attention goes do you know this one jawad yeah where 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 attention goes energy flows energy flows that's it where attention goes energy flows yeah where your focus is is where is where your your whole energy is going to go to i think yeah so 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 think about that um we'll get into human needs and 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 a whole deeper discussion later on on what the what the program was. But for all of us right now, I want you to be able to ask yourself, is your application or your belief in God 
resulting in a better, more fulfilling life? Or does your belief in God hinder your life and feel like a restriction? It's again, coming back to your opinion of source, but really questioning my beliefs uh, helped me in a way that I have not experienced before. So definitely, I want our listeners to be able to right now say what, I mean, I'm listening to a podcast to seek something, to get either entertainment or learn something new or to grow. But before religion, politics, and your own self, why choose to continue suffering? And then, so why not state it out loud right now? I choose not to suffer. I choose not to suffer. I choose to put my attention and my energy in a, in a certain way. And I think just to even reiterate the point you were saying earlier about why Muslims won't necessarily, a good, a good portion of Muslims may not traverse this path and, and go into this, this inquiry of themselves even. It's, it's we... We are such a we, we live in we live and we believe sometimes in such a surface level that like we immediately fall to one or two whys. Like we have fences of whys where it's like, oh, you pray five times a day? Why? And even there it's like immediately like your immigrant parents yeah. or whoever else is just like, no, 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 we don't ask that. We don't ask why. But even if it's just like we pray five times a day because God told us to, because and then even that belief of going down to the point where it just gets to because God told me to, it's like why? Yeah. Why? Like, how do you oh, know? We're not supposed to ask know? that. Like, how do you know God told you it? All that. And that can get into the scholarshipy aspect of just like, oh, go into the why about Muhammad Sallallahu But it's like, no, no. Why do you, Wissam? Why do you, Jawad, yeah. actually put your head on the ground? And we're afraid of the answer of because my dad taught me to do it that way. Because my teacher taught me to do it that way. Because I trust them enough, or at least I've quietly just accepted them enough that it's my life is not going to suffer if I obeyed early on. And I just kind of haven't really thought much about it since. And I don't have any feelings. I have no, and, right. I, yeah. I, and so and when you say, why do you pray the, the feeling or the thought that I don't want to engage with is because I don't have any feelings. I don't want to say, well, now I have to cultivate those feelings. And, and, and so and this is the area, this is like your life and your belief in the Akhira and the, this life. If you ask me with some, why is The Dark Knight your favorite movie? I could talk to you for hours on end with tons of opinions and reasons and uh, all these things. But about my belief in God, about my rituals and worship, about these things that I do, like our whole... Or the certainty that I derive from my rituals and my worship. The yeah. certainty that I... When a, when, a gang, when a gang member throws up his gang signs, do you know the confidence that he... Uh, uh, calls upon when the peacock sh puts his feathers up um, you feel so powerful I, I don't see any of that certainty this in our belief resulting in in any power in uh, and again I think that comes to from where from whilst we brought our belief our greatest limitations come from there so I can't move my body it's un-Islamic I can't do this it's un-Islamic where um, the word forbidden in a religion can just be changed out with I'm lazy, right? I'm lazy. Yeah. That's why I don't want to do something. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the, it, it's religion becomes just another one of these limiting beliefs. I'm not that kind of person, which we kind of sometimes say, I'm not that kind of person. I don't read books or I don't do X, Y, Z thing, or I don't lift weights. I don't, whatever it is that we're limited with. It's like, oh no, I'm a Muslim Therefore, I can't do X, Y, Z thing. And it's like, well, if you examine the text and you yeah. learn from a teacher, like there are ways in which you could find the creative solution to 
actually breaking this barrier, but sometimes it's just much easier to say, oh, Muslims don't do that, and I'm a Muslim, instead right. of like getting uncomfortable. And, th- and I think there's a distinction we have to make here between what you're saying of like, the first thing is everybody think in your head, will you decide and choose not to suffer and to work to end suffering and to distinguish between suffering and discomfort? Because discomfort is what we mostly avoid. Most of the time, it's just about comfort levels. It's about that mm-hmm. convenience. It's about that, you know, oh, that's kind of uncomfortable. I don't want to get delve into that or whatever it is. And it's like that discomfort is not the suffering we're looking to avoid. That discomfort lets you be able to pierce down the shell of who you are, what you think, what you believe, so that you can see what's really driving everything that you're doing mm-hmm. that is causing you to suffer because there's something that's imbalance something that's not uh, lined up together between your actions and your beliefs and what you actually say you believe and all that stuff you're trying to work to get that together but it's going to require you to be uncomfortable to some extent and that's like being uncomfortable answering my why question two three times me saying why 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 it's like okay i can be uncomfortable for three and a half days like wasam was in his weekend or wasam could go another decade with these limiting beliefs and just walk around like believing himself to not be, you know, be able to X, do X, Y, Z course because, you know, other people are more qualified for, for this thing or, you know, whatever limiting beliefs that he was able to come to walking around with that for 10 years, just because it's long-term, it's much easier to fathom in your head, but you don't think about the pain of that as opposed me- to just answering this question right now in this moment and taking the time. As a matter of fact, one of our exercises was this though, Jawad. Uh, and I think you're, it was to think of, your limiting beliefs exemplified for three more years. How much would the world miss out on if if you kept thinking you were ugly or you're dumb or you don't communicate well or you're not fun or you're socially awkward or you're weird? I don't know if people will like me. Sure, that works for a few months, but do you realize the world is missing out on you? Or if you didn't think I can't create anything, I can't, uh, I can't solve a problem. How many inventions or uh, innovations could you have come up with that the world is missing? And moreover, Jawad is coming to the idea of the exercise of taking the pain. Uh, and um, it, is it cool, Jawad, to share one small experience? Go ahead. Okay, so there, there's a moment, uh, uh, Tony's in the middle, we all have um, uh, blindfolds on and we're being led through a meditation and it's, uh, in, it's it breaking through our limiting beliefs. So by the way, our program didn't walk on the fire, we broke uh, boards. Um, we broke Wood through boards, right? boards. Yeah. Yeah, we broke through boards, which we wrote our limiting beliefs on and, and then what we wanted to become on the other side and we broke through. So there was a mo- moment where Tony walks us through a uh, a meditation and says, take your most limiting belief and feel the pain. And you feel the pain. And then he says, make a sound. And you're like, oh, God, just I hate this feeling. And then he says, now multiply that. And so, uh, and, and now double it. Now make it as if, what would it be like if you live with this for the next three years? Now make a sound. And then you're playing full tilt. So people are making sounds and then kept building us up. And then at 10 years, they opened all the mics and all you heard was groans and pain uh, and of people living their ugliest manifestations for a decade. And, And to hear that simultaneously, yes, it felt like being in hellfire. And to be able to say, this is not just sin. This is not sin. This is self inflicted 
uh, manifestation, right? This is self-inflicted uh, limiting beliefs. Like I am, Shaitan's not telling me to do this. So the things that you have about yourself, I, I think that that set me free to say that the pain of holding limiting beliefs, like I can't memorize the Quran, I'm too old. I can't be a nice person. I can't imagine peace and love. I can't live from a place of compassion. Then no, you're just hiding behind a limiting belief. Either it's like we said, whatever you're calling religious, it's probably you wanting to be lazy. What even I hate people now nah, you uh, in the name of religion. Nah, you're just lazy. You don't want to love. You don't want to cultivate that love. So uh, giving people a chance to say uh, your worst limitations are 10 times worse than what you believe. But the single amount of pain that you feel right now, it's it's not great enough to get leverage over yourself. You have to get leverage by multiplying and magnifying that pain. It doesn't feel that bad now, but the analogy of smoking, one cigarette, not today, but 50 years of cigarette smoke, and then you immediately can feel it in the, in the one. Uh, Tony Robbins specialized in breaking people's phobias and addictions in an hour, things that therapists couldn't do for, for years. And he was famous where he, would, he was going around the United States and mm -hmm. had all these infomercials to say, you know, I can break any phobia that you have. And the crazy thing was it worked. It kept working. It kept working. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, and people, and it when, as a person who went through the program, you're never told, stop doing that thing. Don't smoke. Don't take drugs. Don't watch pornography. Don't do this. Don't hate yourself. You're, it's it's never about that. It's always about um, unplugging the limiting beliefs, plugging in brand new beliefs and strengthening all this energy towards a greater why. What prevents you from creating your extraordinary life? What has already, what has gotten in your way? And, and that's a big question, like extraordinary life, joy, happiness, ending suffering. So if anyone's still thinking, but why don't I put any energy? What's preventing me from creating my extraordinary life, right? Those were not willing to answer those questions. So UPW boiled the pot, but the physical transformation that I felt, Jawad, from the mental shift was amazing. Um, there's a famous picture, if anyone's listened to it on the podcast of Tony with his, his arms back. You feel like this. You feel um, like... I was going to say Dragon Ball Z. You feel like <laughs> if people kept saying, uh, what's the, is there a phrase, Jawad? Uh, like almost 9,000. Oh, go ahead. Uh, almost. No, I think it's almost. The phrase is almost 9,000 or level 9,000. Uh, something like that. I was going to say Super Saiyan, I think it's the other. Okay. Super Saiyan is, yes. So now there's Super Saiyan level almost 9,000 or something. Uh, but it was very much like that. As a matter of fact, there was a gentleman who had a, a filter on him. So it made him into a Dragon Ball character. And the more he screamed, the bigger it got. And it was it was such a visual, though. So they threw him up on the Jumbotron. And, and, and it was really powerful. But the idea that our shoulders, our physicality, our mind and our soul all joining up at the same time. So this Iman in a God. And then the love and compassion that you as a human being have in you. Why you say, ah, to a, to a cat is, is your love and compassion plus 
your mind and your soul aligning, that it's an explosion. It's like the DJ dropping the beat just continuously. Like you, you, there's no music, but you're just, you're thumping on the inside. And that's that co- congruency that they talk about. So unleashing the power within truly is a formula. There's a science of achievement and the formula of uh, congruency of the mind, the body, and the soul. So the soul being that, uh, he, he doesn't say that you have to believe in a God, but he's saying whatever you believe in that created you, the source, that aligning those three does unleash a power. And uh, I feel it. I'm, I've been glowing since uh, until Shuaib, uh, Shuaib said, uh, he goes, you look vibrant. And I was like, Shuaib, you're 10. Do you know what vibrant means? He goes, <laughs> you look like post-Hudj. And I said, okay, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think... The, the thing I want to connect with everything you've just said with this podcast, because I think it's, it's in line with everything we've done to some extent, because mm-hmm. I can bring now thinking through it, like if somebody has issue with the way, you know, whatever it is that we brought up of like the ways in which these exercises are done or whatever it is, all of the things you just said is just a framework through which people are empowered to, to, yeah. to live the best life that they can live and be the best people they can be. And that, that, that vocation, that job has been from Prophet ﷺ in his oh. time. Can you imagine being like Bilal who comes up a lot in this podcast, but being whipped for saying Ahad, Ahad, sitting in the sand with boulders being torn on you and then being told, hey, go climb the Kaaba and yell your hearts, like use your, wow. your voice, your voice that like it was just used to whisper Ahad and Ahad and you were tortured so badly for it your voice is going to echo from the Kaaba to all of the world and before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I need you to be the voice of our ummah to, 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 to not scream, but like to, to recite and, and, and deliver this adhan. And this adhan being from what you said, the idea of limiting beliefs, you have to, what's really stopping you, you have to remove that before you build up what it is that's going to drive you. What is la ilaha illallah except there is no deity, there's nothing at all that I'm clinging to. There's no ilah. There's no limiting beliefs. Even my limiting beliefs, right? There's, there's, there's no. I have none of that is there anymore. Illa Allah, except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only thing that's worthy of my time, attention, energy, and love, and, and, and action, and everything that comes from his revelation and what he tells us to do and what he brings for us is what's best for us. And then coming to that belief and i think there's an eye of the quran if you could correct me but just worship allah until you gain yaqeen i think that that's what this course is about it's worship allah until and, and that kind of means death but it's also referring to like what until you gain secu- certainty so much certainty that you that's that's where i think the product of this course and these types of things come from is this idea of when you've examined what's limiting you unconsciously or even consciously and you decide i'm going to flip that and no longer abide by that limitation and instead i'm going to lean into what i truly believe and i know my values even within being a muslim which values justice and mercy for example i'm a person who maybe takes to mercy a little bit more. Maybe there's a source from that in my childhood or from, you know, some experiences I've had, but I, I think the world needs mercy. So therefore I err on that side and it's just as valid and just as rewardable as someone who's very big on fairness and keeping justice and equality and all that type of stuff. But I err on that side and that's part of my personality and part of my values. 
you walk through the world. And this is a lot of what I'm saying is also sourced in the confidence coaching programs that I've done, which are heavily influenced by Tony Robbins programs. But the, the product that we're seeking is that you walk through the world with a certainty of what you believe. And yes. suddenly all the, the most of modern day pain comes from this un, this, this confusion of decision making. Mm-hmm. What do I do in this situation? When my boss does this to me, when my parents or family does this to me, or when I'm bring with a choice. And when you have a clarity of your values, beliefs, and they are in line with what you really want to believe and what you really want to be, making decisions is like a snap. It's so easy to make a decision because I'm, oh, let's just go back in my head. Like, oh, I'm a person of mercy. That's sourced in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think Allah would like, I, and I believe in Allah and I believe if I do this, I'll get reward. Like all of that's aligned in. Suddenly in this situation, if someone stole something from me, if my car got a little scratched on the side or whatever it is, am I going to yell and scream? Or am I going to be like, hey, this time let's let it go, whatever it is, just be a little careful, you know, inshallah. And then, and then you know, it's, it's, it's day-to-day micro decisions that yes. add up and destroy us, especially the more you have family and children and responsibilities and works and stuff. It's all these micro decisions. And imagine you trying to figure out what do I believe about the world and what do I believe, like, what's my value and who am I when figuring out what to buy from Starbucks? Like, do I mm-hmm. buy a tea person or a coffee? Like, and you do. And this is what, this is what first world problems are. Literally, it's a lack of clarity of who I am from the inside out that then translates to a confusion in everyday little decisions that keeps adding up until I burst out and relapse with something that I'm addicted to or yell and get angry at the people that don't deserve it or anything wrong or bad that you don't like about yourself that you end up turning into bad habits or anything like that. It's all sourced in that I'm just confused about who I am at a core level that made me confused to make decisions that aren't in line with what I really want. And so then I have to act out or I have to numb or I have to do whatever it is that is all unwanted behaviors for myself. And so that, that the, all of that is sourced, I believe, in Islam as well. And what we've talked about and what we say of just Islam is about taking the belief that you currently have and just emptying it of anything that's limited or wrong or, or just incompatible with truth and then filling it back up with true beliefs and then taking those decisions yourself, as you're saying. And thank you, no, Jawad. Spot on, and, and it feels like you you unloaded a clip, but it was a it's a dense, truthful clip. Like we we are living in uh, in a time where we are there aren't multiple gods, but there are gods in our there are thoughts in our head that trump God, right? Mm-hmm. There are um, what people think and and uh, and things that hold us back. Um, two things that it, 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 from what you said. Picking out those unleashing moments in Islamic history, I think is important. When Bilal radiallahu ta'ala is on that mountain, there is no uh, music DJ, you know, uh, building him up to say, let let it out. It's all of that, that pain. He's turned his uh, worst days into his greatest triumphs. He turned the pain into his greatest triumph. Uh, and 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 the second thing was many of many of our listeners I think wonder one question about us and and you hear it in the comments how do we live fearlessly how, where is this this fearlessness to talk well guys don't worry we're we're kind of keeping them along we're not apologizing for what we're saying we're like hey you'll you'll get it you'll understand yeah. and I think that fearlessness comes from knowing the two core root fears I'm not enough. And from that, thus, I will not be loved. I'm not enough, thus, I will not be loved. And and f- 
filling that gap where I am enough. And because I'm enough, I will always be loved. And by none other than these 50 trillion cells, good enough. They will love me. And, and then that allows you to cultivate your spiritual love and your spiritual connection. But to, to me, being f- f- full and sure of what I'm doing allows me to say I am enough so that I will receive love. And so for everyone outside of the circle right now, still trying to, well, oh, where is the specific text that talks about this? You're afraid. You're afraid that you're not going to be enough and that you won't be loved if you don't fit in a cookie cutter box. So today I want you to go to the, to the fuse box and just pull out the fuses. We'll see which ones are burnt, which ones have a cap on them. The fuse, it might, you might have really strong Iman, but your fuse is not strong enough to conduct it. Your own belief can't conduct that level of, of belief of certainty that you could be the change of uh, uh, one orphanage or a hundred orphanages or the changes uh, or curing malaria. Bill Gates got up and said, I'm going to cure, cure malaria. Now, if your first limiting belief is, but he's got a whole bunch of money, then again, you, your limiting belief is finance. So you are enough and you will be loved. And so for all of us right now, that's the one thing I would ask us to do is to write those two main fears down and, and, and just say that to yourself. Uh, what am I afraid of? And how does it boil down to I'm not enough, thus I won't be loved? Yeah, and and so. I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, the if the I'm not enough thing, if you like brush up against that somehow and you're like, I don't know if I actually feel that way, like I'm fine or whatever it is, add an adjective in there. I am not blank enough. And mm. see where you think it is that you're afraid that you're not enough in in what area of your life, because that that is a, a version of that as well. Um, I think that we come to a really nice place here, and I think the 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 other story. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast that just kind of comes to mind, but it's this idea of uh, if you want to mention the text of it, just the first revelation just always comes back to me with this, which is just. The Prophet ﷺ went to, to this cave and he's, he's meditating, he's taking his time, he's thinking about this society and the world and everything, and then he is squeezed and told, Iqla. and he says, biqari, I definitely don't know how to recite and read. And if you can take the metaphor of that, of what, like, before you have to get squeezed by life, which it will squeeze you in different ways, like the angel Jibreel, even if this you is, say you can't, even if you even, say you even can't, even if you say you can't, like find it now, do it proactively and say when, like, before I get asked to do something like that, that I think I can't do, what is it that I'm saying about? What is it I'm saying? I can't read. I can't do that. I can't speak. I can't communicate. I can't love well. I can't provide. I can't, you know, I can't be a source of beauty for others i can't can't memorize the quran i can't memorize the quran whatever it is that i can't do i can't do i can't do know that that's the first lesson the prophet had to learn there's the content of reading is important in islam yes reading reciting getting knowledge but the metatextual the 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 subtextual thing that's going on there is also the prophet being told with a command form do this thing that you literally think you can't do 
And of course, in Islam, we have the extremely empowering belief of the fact that we have access to our most generous Lord and Master, who can enable us to do anything and everything as long as we take this acknowledgement of Him. But you have to take that acknowledgement of Him in full, full form. It can't just be on your tongue. It can't just be this idea of, oh, if I say Bismillah, then I can do this thing or whatever it is. And then you go and you jump, you know, do zip lining or do something and you think it's just going to be enough to just speak it. It's no, no, no. You have to believe in Allah, not just by saying that, but you have to believe. You have to have that verb in there to the point where when you're faced with whatever challenges of life or when you're told to suffer or not suffer, whatever it is, do you believe in Allah enough? And do you believe that he made you enough? To be able to step up and do the thing that he that you tell you to do. Do you believe that Allah loves you enough to have created you to go and serve a purpose that you can only do? Because mm. God didn't create me for the thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. I created you. Like me and Wasam are supposed to sit here on a podcast and Zoom and and talk to one another, whatever it is. But you're supposed to sit there and be listening to us and go do something that me and Wasam couldn't even fathom. Allah That's your okay. job. Go so, get your so, go get so your we, purpose. That's, 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 that's for you to take up and you to do. And whether it's something within our scope that we can assist you and help with, we'd love to do that. Memorize the Quran, come to memorize a mentor, read, read and recite, come to Quran Revolution, whatever it is that you want that we can assist with and be a, a little like small, even if it's just this podcast, we're happy to be a part of that process, but it is your process. It is your story. It is. And yours. there's nothing outside that's going to motivate you long-term. Nothing, not this podcast, not nothing will push you from the outside um, get uh, get an account with your Lord and start stashing your requests up there. I want to take massive action. So as we are coming to a conclusion, uh, I'm sure. Uh, how do you start a podcast out and say, well, that's the most haram thing that happened. Uh, and if the mom can, can do it, you should definitely not. And then not give people a way out. Massive action within uh, one year from right now. So by the end of 2021, I would like the first, and you you heard it here on the podcast, uh, you, yours, and I. You, the, the letter U, Y, I, uncover your Iman. So uncover, uncover your Iman, a program where we'll delve deep into you, what you consider yours, and the ego, I where we'll be able to highlight limiting beliefs, make a decision, transform, and integrate ourselves into the best life, the extraordinary life that we have seen for ourselves. Uh, I want to reach that out. And yes, I'm saying it with the certainty of massive action that I will have to do a lot of work, but I will see you all uh, on the inside of our you know, fantastic studio. And uh, I really believe that this will be the intro clip to um, one of the most powerful programs ever put on uh, for anyone in uh, the in our community. And from there, I, I believe the sky's the limit. So friends, uh, what was this program about? Uh, you're about to find out. I'll give you details to the program directly in our- Part two, medium. inshallah. We'll, be, we'll, do, we'll delve into a part two for this, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But for you right here in part one, uh, here is to UYI2021. I will see you all soon. Barklaw Fikum Jawad, shall we reel this puppy in? Yes, yes, inshallah. And on that on that note with the program, I think that what we have been talking about and what we'll continue to talk about after this is those 12 courses, which are supposed to kind of average out to those 12 months. 
these are all almost in my mind, as much as we're talking through them, mini courses of what could exist as this UYI, which I think can be that, that weekend, that four or five days experience to kind of show up a hundred percent and take care of all of it. Inshallah. Like that's, that's, that's what we're trying to do. You can get it in little bite-sized pieces. Some of people will only listen to the podcast, like summary of body of Jannah. Some people will come to the course inshallah and get some goodness, but at some point you have to invest in an experience to really say, I'm going to do all of it right now because life changes in an instant. It doesn't change. You know, you can change your life little by little here and there, but at some point there's a sourcing and a shift in terms of what values are driving everything you do. And if you can shift those, everything else will come from it. And inshallah, I'm, I'm excited. I'll be, I'll be around. Life to, will to never be the same. Life will yep. never be the same. Barakallahu feekum to everyone listening. Allahumma alhimna rushdana wa a'idhna min shururi anfusina. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. We don't always chant or say uh, Arabic phrases or Quranic prayers, uh, but I think it's a chance for us to all start hearing incantations, incantations and uh, affirmations from our tradition. And I, I pray that uh, believing or non-believing listeners out there, I pray you're all able to hear the genuine prayer in my voice, uh, the, the wish of peace and tranquility upon you all, and the wanting you to get to your extraordinary life as much as I would like to get to mine. Allahumma amin jawad, wishing you the best. Thank you for helping me on this journey to help people end suffering and to live an extraordinary life. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi. Thank you for listening. To support this and other projects and get access to exclusive series and content, support us monthly by visiting patreon.com slash Wissam Sharif. Jazakumullah khair.